This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, and welcome to the Full Press Patriots podcast. I am your host, Chris Simino. I've covered the Patriots for multiple media outlets since 2012, although some of you may not know who I am since it's been a little while. I started with FPC back in 2019. Um, Been missing in action for the last couple of years, but I'm back to give my two cents on the Patriots, specifically how they build their roster, and tell it from a coach's perspective. Uh, I have a little bit of a different background than some of the other uh, media members out there uh, with coaching and scouting as my background, so I think I can bring a little bit to the table in that perspective. Um, I'm by no means an NFL coach, but having played the game and now having coached and scouted, there are some specific things that I uh, may see that other experts don't quite understand because they haven't quite seen um, how the sausage was made, um, per se, uh, compared to what I've uh, been through in my career. Uh, so I think I can bring that perspective to you fans, and I think that will help you guys to understand some of the decisions that are made by talent evaluators, coaches, um, owners, and, and pretty much anybody that's involved with the decision of putting together a roster or uh, letting guys go or anything of like that um, matter. Um, football is a tough game, and I think at times we look at it through our own narratives, and what we should be doing is stepping back and seeing it the way that an organization sees it. Um, that's my goal. I want to bring you guys that, um, just to give you guys a little bit of an idea of how things actually work within a football team, too. I know that you know you see, oh, well, the Patriots, uh, they struggled in this area last year, so they need to go out and make sure that they fix this right away. And I understand looking at it from an outside perspective that that's how things tend to be but sometimes there's more than meets the eye and, that, and that's one of the things that I want to make sure that I get to you the fan base to understand that hey you know 
just because there was an interception thrown in this play, it doesn't necessarily mean that Mac Jones threw the ball wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean that the receiver ran the wrong route. I want to try to explain to you what may have happened because there's going to be times when we're going to come up with something and then we'll go talk to the person who actually did the play and they'll say, no, no, this is what I saw and this is why this happened. But we want to give you that education as to what the players are thinking in certain situations and why things may happen, even in blocking coverage, things of that nature. We want to educate the fans as much as we can so that way we don't have certain shows around here who like to feed off of negativity being the end-all and being basically what the media is known for around here. That's something that I want to eliminate and I want to teach people how the game actually works and actually teach them how the contracts work. Uh, compared to what the different things you see flying back and forth through the Twitter or the media. Everybody has their own opinion, but when it comes down to it, there are facts, and we will get down to those facts here on this show. Um, The goal of tonight's show is to break down the Patriots' offense and take a look at what they need to target the most in the draft that begins on Thursday night, and that's right around the corner. Um, Are the Patriots actually going to take a wide receiver at their first pick? Inside linebacker? An offensive tackle? A guard, which is something we're going to discuss uh, considering that this is their biggest offensive need. Um, I was torn apart on Twitter about two weeks ago by multiple uh, Patriots experts and also just regular fans who saw my comments about the fact that the Patriots' real major hole on their offense is in the guard position. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because after trading Shaq Mason and letting Ted Karras walk away in free agency, which I'm perfectly fine with both those moves, we'll get into that a little later when we talk about the offensive line, but they do need to replace that position. And picking in the 21 slot, you don't exactly have a shot to pick a top five guy. So if you see a generational talent that happens to be an interior guy, well, the chances are they're not going to pass on that person at 21. But we're going to get into that after. I know that a couple people, Evan Lazar and a couple of these other guys, who actually kind of took up what I had been doing for years and then kind of took a little break for a while, they've kind of kept the ball going on as to what I was doing for a while. And now I don't agree with them when it comes to some of the ways they think that the Patriots are going to handle their draft. And I think the history has shown that many of the media members around here don't quite understand what the Patriots are thinking when it comes to drafting. And we're going to get into that a little bit too. So again, the goal is to break down the offense, talk about where the Patriots want to go with this draft, where they need to go with this draft, positions that have to be filled, 
It's not even a question. They have to fill these positions and how they're going to do it and which rounds they're going to do it in. You know, offensive tackle is another thing that I spoke about. Are they going to take a tackle and move somebody? It's not out of their own possibility. So we're going to dig into this. There's a lot of directions that they can go. Um, We also want to discuss the Devontae Parker trade and how that affected their plan in the draft and how it completely changes the Patriots' wide receiver depth chart too because adding a player like him, it, it really does change things, and we're going to discuss that at length. Well, considering everybody wants to talk about receivers, this, receivers, that, and you got to have top receivers to win, and, and the thing that I just don't agree with, I, I just never really thought that having a top-end wide receiver is the end-all, be-all to being a championship team. Um, I believe that the quarterback makes the wide receivers, and if the receivers are good, then you're going to be fine. And I think if you look at the Patriots' wide receiving core set in place right now for 2022... I think they're in a much better place than people think. It's actually good. And if they had a game tomorrow, they wouldn't really need to draft somebody to be able to go out and compete in that game to have a solid core. Now, they do need to draft someone to add high-end and young athleticism slash talent because if they don't do that, their receiving core will start to age out. And it's pretty clear that they need to add some speed to that group. I know that... Um, they have some speed there with certain guys. You know, Myers is quick, but he's not fast. And same thing with Bourne. He's he's pretty fast, but he's not the type of speed that they're looking for. And it's the same thing with Aguilar. Aguilar can fly, but the thing is, you can fly, but if you don't catch the ball consistency consistently, it doesn't really matter. So they don't really have that guy right now that can come in and makes defenses go, oh, God, we have to account for this guy because his speed is such a game-changer. We can't get him, can't let him get over the top. We can't let him create leverage and crossing patterns. All the type of things that that speed type of receiver does, they don't have that. So that's one thing that they definitely need to go out and find somebody in the draft. It doesn't have to be first round. It doesn't have to be second round. It can be third round. I, I know that there's some players out there that a lot of people like. I know that the, the receivers from Alabama, oh my God. I've The amount of times that I have seen those names pop up, especially John Mechie. That, listen, the Patriots, when it comes to wide receivers, they don't typically take them early. They took Nikhil Harry, and that has turned into a train wreck. And, you know, I think they looked at Nikhil Harry, and I know people will laugh when they hear this. I think the Patriots saw Nikhil Harry as a modern-day Brandon Marshall. I think they thought he was going to be a possession receiver who was tough, who could make all the catches that they needed to pick up the first downs, a typical ex-wide receiver in their offense. Very, very similar to what they just traded for in Devontae Parker. I think they thought that's what they were getting with Harry. They missed. End of story. They missed. That doesn't mean that they don't they don't just not draft wide receivers. You have to continue to, to go after the position. You just can't ignore it. So in the time that Belichick's been in New England, they've drafted, they've hit on Dion Branch, who they targeted with a second-round pick. That worked out great. He was a Super Bowl MVP. Came back after he went to Seattle, which he was also good in Seattle. Came back to New England. He was still productive. Ran like a linebacker in his final year here, but he was still making catches and still helping out. They also drafted David Givens. David Givens was a good contributor to New England offense for a couple of years. Came to free agency, went and signed with Tennessee, and tore his knee up in the third game, and that was the end of his career. 
Julian Edelman, seventh round pick, took a flyer on him. They liked his athleticism, thought maybe they could work him in the slot. Lo and behold, he turned out to be one of the better slot receivers in the history of the league. Now, then you get into the drafted but got hurt but was talented stage of players like Malcolm Mitchell and Aaron Dobson. But then you get into the other tier of Chad Jackson and I'm not even going to go through the list because there's so many different guys on there like Taylor Price and guys like that. Now, you're going to miss on some of these guys. But that, again, that doesn't mean you just stop drafting the position. You have to continue to look for guys, and you have to continue to target guys. I just don't think it's that big of a deal to not go after Williams or Mechie and then go out and look for other receivers from other teams. It's just people need to understand if they don't draft a receiver from Alabama, it's not the end of the world. They're probably not going to end up drafting one of those guys because they're the most high profile. And some of these other teams, you get sucked into that, are going to take one of those guys early. So just be aware. All right. I do think that there's a few receivers out there that fit their needs. I just don't think that it's easy to predict what the Patriots are going to do at receiver because in their situation, yes, the mo- their biggest need is speed, and they also need somebody that can play in the slot too. Now, they have be, they have somebody, like I said, they can use Aguilar in the slot. They can use uh, different guys. They can use Myers in the slot if need be. But they're looking for a t- true slot receiver. They're not going to take that with the 21st pick in the draft. The only way they're going to look for a true slot receiver at the 21st pick in the draft is if they happen to trade that 21 pick over to the Giants. Um, but I don't see that happening either. I don't think they're going to give up a first-round pick to go trade for a guy that in Kadarius Tony that the Giants are looking to ship out who was a first rounder last year. I just don't think that makes a lot of sense. If they do end up with Tony, that will probably be for a third rounder in the future. And I think if they do end up trading for Tony, you can pretty much knock the Patriots off the off the, the chances are going to be extremely low that they go out and draft anybody in the first four rounds at that point. But Keep in mind, if they don't, there are some guys out there. You know, Drake London's a good receiver. I just don't know if he's a good fit for what they're trying to do. Uh, Chris Olave from Ohio State, he's a good. He's a very smart route runner. He's a good player. He he fits what they're trying to do. Uh, he's consistently a deep threat that wins, and that's one of the guys that I know the Patriots are looking for. Um, but the thing is, he's not the strongest uh, as far as play strength. Um, again, he's got good hands. But at the same time, I don't know if he's the type of guy the Patriots are going to want to take with the 21st pick. I just I just don't see it happening. Um, all right, so I don't want to waste all our time on wide receiver. But just be aware that there are plenty of guys out there besides the top two from Alabama that everybody wants to talk about all the time. It's not just the Mechie and Williams show. There's a lot of guys out there that could be available that I know the Patriots will be interested in. So people just need to sit tight Understand that right now the wide receiver position is as solid as it has been in a few years. And if they can go out and find a guy like, say, who knows, and I know he's jumped up the ranks, but say a guy like Sky Moore from Western Michigan. A guy like Sky Moore fits in for what they're looking for. They can put him in the slot. He's got some serious, serious athleticism. He's the type of guy that I think that Patriots fans should be looking at, and he'd be available most likely in the second round. So, again, a guy like Sky Moore, that's a guy that I would keep my eyes out for as far as the Patriots. If they're going to take a wide receiver high, I think that'd be the kind of guy that they're leaning towards. So, wide receiver is, like I said, it's pretty set, but they definitely need to go out and draft some athleticism to 
get a little youth in there and see if they can strike some gold at receiver like they did back in the day with Branch and Givens and our friend Julian Edelman. Let's not forget Malcolm Mitchell. All right, I know Malcolm Mitchell doesn't get enough love because he only played a half a season and he blew out his knee, but that half a season was pretty productive stuff, and he stepped up in the Super Bowl and was one of the reasons why the Patriots won that final ring. So let's not forget about Mr. Mitchell. He definitely should get some love. He was a, definitely a hit at wide receiver for the Patriots. Let's move to the offensive line, an area that is near and dear to my heart as I'm an offensive coordinator, but I'm also an offensive line coach, and that's what I was as a player, too. I played up front, and if you don't have a good line, you don't have a good team. It's it's that simple. There's there's no way around it. It's not like it's one of those things where you can say, well, you know, we might be able to get away with this or get away with that. No. If you don't have a solid offensive line and you cannot move the ball, you cannot score points, and you cannot win games. It's that simple. Right now, up front for the Patriots, if if you look at their team as a whole, they have lost two guards this offseason. You know, granted, two of them both started last year, but it's not like it's a situation where Karras was some type of all-pro world beater. Karras is the type of guy that Ted Karras, who I'm referring to, he is a tough, middle-of-the-road NFL starter that works his butt off, and because he works his butt off, other teams see that and aren't afraid to give him a little bit of money so he can come in and show the other players what they need to be in order to get to where they need to be in the pros. The Patriots love those guys, but they're certainly not going to pay him, and that's exactly what happened again here with Karras. He got paid by Miami two years ago. Patriots let him walk. He gets let go, comes back to New England. Patriots pick him back up. He goes and has a good season with New England, Gets offered more money. New England looks at him and says, he's not worth that. We're going to let him go again. He goes again. The Karras situation is not a situation. It's not a problem. It's okay. You have Michael uh, Oiwenyo. You're good there. You have a guard. So you are all set with that guard position. You've already replaced him. So you don't have to worry about that. When we should do okay. I'm not going to say that he's going to be perfect because at times last year he struggled. But he was terrific when he was a rookie. Sometimes guys in their second season get a little bit of the jitters. He also was getting moved from side to side as a swing tackle, and that can be a pain in the neck sometimes. So let him get settled in at that guard spot on the left side, and I'm telling you right now, I think we're going to see some good things out of him. In uh, the other thing, too, to keep in mind, right now technically in the right guard spot, if he had to start the season tomorrow, you're looking at James Ferentz. James Ferentz has started a lot of games in the pros, specifically for the Patriots. It's not like they have nobody there. And in the other spots, they still have Isaiah Wynn at the left tackle, who was a little sketchy last year, so he needs to step up this season. They still have David Andrews in the middle, who may be the best center in the league. And then they have Trent Brown re-signed at right tackle. So let's get to the whole thing with uh, my man, um, Trent Brown. So I was concerned with the Trent Brown situation because I just didn't think the Patriots were going to be able to re-sign him because I thought that Brown was going to look at it and say, hey, I got my money, I came back here, I approved it again, I can get paid again, and then we'll just see what happens. But the Patriots and, and when they, you know, the Patriots and Brown got together and figured it out and said, listen, there's, there's no need. There's no need for you to leave. Take this contract. It's incentive-laden. You do what you need to do. You're going to get paid. You don't, you won't. And it's, it's interesting because sometimes these guys, they just like go, just go for the money, go for the money. 
And in a way, Trent Brown, he kind of did, but at the same time, he did it in a smart way to allow himself to stay in the best environment for him to be a better player. So now that Trent Brown's back, that kind of changes things a little bit because I think the Patriots looked at the Shaq Mason situation, and if you look at his first seven or eight games in 2021, they were atrocious. He was not good. And I know that people are going to go back and say, oh, no, there's no way he was all pro, he was this, he was that. No. In his first seven games, eight games, maybe even more, he really struggled. And when he finally started to figure it out, it was because he had Trent Brown next to him. And I know that guys are going to say, oh, that's crazy, just because you have a tackle next to you that's doing so well. It does, because it gives you that confidence that you have a guy next to you that can help you out in situations where you may need help in pass blocking, even in run blocking. He had that extra guy with him. He had his anchor on the right side. I think the Patriots saw the same thing. They saw that Mason was starting to drop in his play. He's making $10 million a year. You can go out and get a pick for him. No matter how low that pick may be, it's worth getting rid of him. And I think it was a smart move. I think they that that's going to be one of those moves that we look back in a few years and say, that's when Belichick knows, and that's when he's ahead of the game especially when it comes to interior linemen. He's always been good about it. They traded Mankins before when he was all done. They've gotten rid of guys in the past, then released guys in the past. When people say, oh, he seems like he can still, he can still play. Specifically, interior linemen, and it turned out that they were done. They have a, an eye for that spot. They know what they're looking for, and they're going to draft somebody. And on that note, I think they're going to take a guard with their first pick. And I know that people think that that's crazy, I've had people ripping me apart saying, you know, what are you thinking? But guard is their biggest need right now, and I really do think they're going to go that route with their first pick. Now, that doesn't mean that that first pick's going to be 21. There's a good chance that they trade back. But if they look at a kid like Zion Johnson out of BC as possibly a generational talent at, at guard, are they going to want to trade back and take a chance that they lose out on him? Do you think that back in the day, if they had a chance to draft Steve Hutchinson, the former guard for the Vikings, he also played for the Seahawks, he was, again, generational talent. Do you think the Patriots had a chance to draft a guy like Steve Hutchinson or Larry Allen that they would say, you know what, hmm, I think we're going to trade back and hope that he's still there? I don't see that. I don't see that. I could see that if they have like the ninth or 10th pick. But when you're sitting at 21 and a player jumps and it pops in your lap that you like, and that you want to take, I don't think they care what anybody thinks. I think they look at it and say, okay, this is the grade we have on this player. It doesn't matter if he's a guard. It doesn't matter if he's a tackle. It doesn't matter if he's a safety. This is the grade we have on this player. This is how we see them as an NFL player. Is this the guy? Yep, that's the guy. And then they make their pick. You know, everybody laughed when they've made some of the picks that they've made, yet they'll turn around with these players and they'll go out and have successful careers. And it's just not one of the things where it's easy for us to predict what they're going to do. But one of the things I think is easy to predict is that they want to have a strong offensive line. They have a second-year quarterback who's coming off a terrific rookie season. I know he was a pro bowler because Josh Allen didn't want to go to the pro bowl or whatever. It doesn't matter. The man threw for 4,000 yards and 22 touchdowns as a rookie on only, I believe, 10 interceptions. That's impressive, and you're not going to see that every year. They need to build off of that. It's going to be tough to build off of that if the interior of his offensive line isn't solid because a guy like Mac Jones needs to have that interior just like Brady did. Brady needed to have to be strong with his guards in the center because everything for him was up the middle. He could 
worry about defensive ends, no problem. All he would do is step up in the pocket. Mac Jones is the same thing. He's got good feet. But you can't step up in the pocket if your guard can't pass protect. So as much as people want to sit here and laugh at the comments that I've said about when it comes to, to go, going out and landing a very top-notch guard, they need to. And I guarantee you, they're going to take one in the top two rounds in this year's draft. They are going to do it. And when they do, I will laugh. And when they don't, you guys can all laugh at me. But I'm telling you right now, I know the way this team thinks, and I know the way they look at the team and how important it is to be built strong up the middle, and they need to go get a guard to replace Mason. And I believe that they will do it early, and I think it's going to be Zion Johnson. So that's I'm just going out on that one. I know, like I said, I had a lot of people jumped down my throat when it came to that position, but I'm firm in my belief that they're going to draft a guard early, and when I'm wrong, I will come on to this podcast I will say that I was wrong. I will admit to being an idiot. And you guys can all come on and laugh at me whenever you feel like it. But I'm telling you right now, when the Patriots take a, gra- a, dr- a guard... And the- Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. First two rounds, I'll be the one laughing because I wouldn't be the one that was right. They need to find somebody because you cannot protect Mac Jones without having those three strong guys in the middle of that offensive line. And in the line of Forrest Gump, that's all I've got to say about that. So we got about three more areas to take a look at here. First, we're going to go to tight end. So uh, one of the things that happened this offseason is, is the Patriots didn't bring back Jacob Johnson, one of my not only my favorite names on the team, but he's also a pretty good fullback. He can go in there, smash heads, and, and create space for the running backs and do what they need to do. But it, it doesn't look like they're going to be carrying a fullback on the roster this year. And, and here's the reasoning. Uh, Jonu Smith, who... A lot of people think he was a bust last year. Me being one of them, I just didn't think he was very good. He's going to be taking more of an H-back role, uh, being used mainly as a wing. Uh, For those of you who may not understand what a wing is, a wing is set in position where they're kind of between the tackle and the tight end. They're set back, kind of look like a running back. Um, They use them in the flat. They use them in all different types, send them in motion. You'll see what it is once you see him lining up on a regular basis, but just remember... H-back slash wing, and his positioning is going to be kind of in a position where he's behind the tackle and the guard. So just think of what that's going to going to be. You probably A lot of you fans have probably seen it before. You have an idea what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't, you'll see what I'm talking about during the first preseason game. So, again, that's going to be the H-back role uh, being used mainly as a wing. Um, and that's going to be the reason why they don't really need to have a fullback on the roster. Uh, along with Dalton Keene, who, you know, Dalton Keene, who's in the witness protection program for the last two years apparently, um, Keene played that same role when he was at Virginia Tech. Um, so between him and Smith, they have two tight ends who will mainly man that H-back spot. So they're pretty solid there. They don't need to go out and find a fullback because they essentially have to with those two guys. Hunter Henry and Devin Asiasi, they're more your traditional on-the-line tight ends that are going to be util- utilized that way. Uh, as we saw last year, Hunter Henry was one of the better tight ends in the league in the red zone. He probably was the best t- uh, tight end in the league besides <sighs> Rob Gronkowski. Um, so 
I think that they're pretty solid at tight end, actually. Asiasi, so here's the thing with Asiasi to keep in mind. His first two years at UCLA, he was just non-existent. His junior year, he started to show a little bit of flash here and there, and it was like, oh, maybe he can play a little bit. His senior year, he exploded. So I think a guy like Asiasi is going to figure this out. I really do. I've seen a couple things with him in practices. I've seen a couple things even in games when he's actually done a couple couple good things. Let's let's hold out hope here that Asiasi and Keen can step up and help that offense this year. I have more confidence in Asiasi just because I'm a lifelong USC fan. I got to watch him for four years going up against Trojans, and I saw the development, and he was supposed to be a top-tier guy right when he got there, and it just didn't happen. And I think the Patriots saw that too, and now it just hasn't happened. Let's see where he's at this year. His junior year in college, he was started to make a leap, and again, his senior year was a huge jump. Let's see his third year in the pros, if he starts to make this leap, or maybe he makes the leap now to give the Patriots that viable third tight end that they definitely need. This team likes to run things around their tight ends, and again, around their H-backs. So there's going to be a role for Asiasi if he wants to jump up and take it. And if he doesn't, he's probably going to get cut, and he's going to get replaced by somebody who's more of an inline tight end going forward for next season. So, again, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think Asiasi might be a guy who shows out a little this season. Um, Him and Hunter Henry, again, are going to be in the traditional role, and Smith and Keene will be in the H-back role. So now we are on to quarterback. Quarterback, you know, is there a legit backup? I mean, do the Patriots actually have a backup quarterback? Because when I look at it right now, I, I don't think they do. I think they have an assistant coach who's pretending to be a backup quarterback. And I think they have a draft pick in Jared Stidham, who is a third-round scrub uh, practice quarterback, not a guy that you can put in the game when you need to go beat Miami in Miami when you go into the fourth quarter and Mac Jones gets taken out of the game and you're tied and you need the game to win the division you gonna, you got to feel comfortable putting Jarrett Stidham in that game? Are you going to feel comfortable putting Brian Hoyer in that game? I'm not. I know that the Patriots are considering themselves contenders. They were they won 10 games last year. They found their new franchise quarterback. They look at their roster and say, we're on the up and up, contrary to what other people are saying. So if that's what they're saying, then don't you think it may be crucial to draft and develop a young quarterback to step in if Mac goes down, a guy with actual upside, it's okay to have more than one good quarterback on your roster. We've been down this path before with Brady and Garoppolo. In fact, we had Brady, Garoppolo, and Brissett all at one time. They need to go out and draft somebody this year, a quarterback. I don't care if it's late. I really don't. I'd prefer it to be late. Even if they bring somebody in as a rookie free agent that may have slipped through the cracks, either way, don't stop bringing in quarterbacks you got to keep that going. Draft somebody every single year. Use draft capital on quarterbacks. The worst thing that happens is you find a backup who's good. Well, who knows? Maybe you find somebody who's better than Mac Jones. And then you have a tradable asset. You just don't know. But I do know this. Any, any team that is in the business of winning should be in the business of drafting quarterbacks. 
And I think the Patriots are one of those type of teams. So keeping this, keep this one in mind. I know it hasn't really been talked about at all just because Mac Jones and Stidham's young. Stidham's a bum. No offense, and Jared, if you hear this, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be I'm not trying to take a personal shot at you. I just don't think Jared Stidham's an NFL quarterback. I don't think he's a consistent NFL quarterback, and I don't think you can even use him as a backup. Brian Hoyer, maybe. Might be able to buy a couple wins here and there, but I, I just I don't see that one either. I think he's getting older, and I think it's time to move on. Maybe hire him as a coach. Keep an eye on this. I think the Patriots need to draft another developmental quarterback this year, and I, I do think that could be uh, in the realm of possibility. So quarterback backup is a definite need. Don't listen to what other people say. Trust me on this. Last but not least, and don't worry, we're going to talk about the coaching staff, but we're just talking about personnel right now, is running back. Running back is pretty solid for New England. You know, when you have... Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson and, and James White coming back from injury, and you know you have depth guys like JJ Taylor. You, you, you got some, you have some talent there. Clearly, um, it's solid. But but injuries always come into play with this crew. You know, can Harris play 17 games? I don't think so. Can can Ramondre Stevenson continue to develop? Yes. Stevenson showed some things last year that I typically reserve when I'm talking about the top five backs in the league. Some of the vision, the vision he showed and some of the different moves he makes and the way he's able to lengthen runs and how he always lands forward and he's always got that extra lean, he's special. I think if he's able to stay healthy, I think he could be a very special running back for the Patriots. And I also think he might be able to steal Damian Harris's job. Um, is James White fully healthy? And is he going to be ready to go? I mean, he dislocated his hip last year. I mean, hip, that's a major thing, and he's not exactly young. So the James White situation is definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, why did New England bring in Leonard Fournette for a visit? If they think they're so solid, if they think that they're good with Harris and Stevenson and James White, then why are they bringing in Leonard Fournette, who turned around and signed a $7 million deal with Tampa the next day? But still, they brought him in to get an idea of what his market was. And then once he found out, once they found out what his market was and he figured out what his market was, he went back to Tampa and re-signed. That doesn't change the fact that the Patriots were looking at a running back. Makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. My theory, and I still think I might be right on this, but it's just a theory. I think the Patriots might have Damian Harris on the trade block if they're able to go out and sign a running back who they think is a solid 1B for Ramondre Stevenson. Because if they can go out and get a second or a third round pick in exchange for Harris... That's going to allow them to fill a hole maybe at tackle or guard or inside linebacker while they go out and acquire a running back, which is a position that they don't feel they have a lot of trouble filling. So just something to keep in mind. I think Harris could be in play as a possible trade bait. Um, That depends on how Stevenson looks, and that depends on what they do in the draft. So if the Patriots happen to take a running back in the top with like a fifth round, fourth round, maybe even third round pick, I'm going to tell you right now, Damian Harris... He may be on the trade block. Just keep that in mind. Um, now, I would one thing I'll say, too, if they don't go that route and say they wait until all the cuts happen because there will be some guys that get released, I think what they'd be looking for is a guy who they can obviously catch the ball and can block. But the bottom line is they're not going to sign anybody for a lot, a lot of money. So I think the draft is the way they will go because of cost control and fresh legs. But I think if they're looking for somebody to step in for Harris, I would expect them to possibly make a trade or sign a more established back that can catch and block. Again, that's just me with my crazy theories. But when you look between... Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. In the tea leaves, you read the tea leaves, and you look at what they're saying, you read between the lines. If they're looking to bring in a guy like Leonard Fournette, and they already have two running backs that are supposed to be 1A and 1B, well, they're not going to have 1A, 1B, and 1C. One of those guys is going to go. So if they end up drafting a running back that they think is going to come in and steal time right away, keep an eye out because Harris could be on his way. Last but not least, I know we're about a half an hour into this and I don't want to to bore you guys, but um, one of the things that's been talked about a lot, and I'm, I'm really kind of surprised about it because it's a situation where the people that are talking about it, they really don't know what... I don't want to say they don't know what they're talking about, but they really don't know what they're talking about. The The Patriots coaching staff, their offensive coaching staff. Now, I know this has been a very, very hot topic uh, um, amongst the uh, the Felger and Mazes and all those type of radio shows and talking about how Matt Patricia is going to have some control of the offense and Joe Judge is going to be in the quarterback working with uh, Mac Jones and the quarterbacks and working with the receivers and know how Joe Judge had trouble with the receivers a couple years ago when he was a special teams coach and and yada yada and all these other things and just all this negative talk about how bad the Patriots did as far as going out and finding new coaches to come in and replace McDaniels and some of the other guys who left and I'm going to throw some really 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 ice cold water all over that Matt Patricia and Joe Judge were just hired as NFL head coaches Okay, let that soak in for a second. They were hired by the Detroit Lions and the New York Giants to be head coaches. Now, did they succeed? No, they didn't. It didn't work out. Both teams struggled. Now, did they go into two situations that were perfect? No, but there were some things that they probably could have done better. We know that there were things that could have done better. Joe Judge in New York at times, his offense looked like one of the worst offenses you've ever seen in your life. Patricia, same deal. There was problems with as far as him trying to be like a mini Bill Belichick when he went to Detroit, and it just didn't work out. But again, let me repeat. These two men were hired as NFL head coaches. And then a guy like Felger and Maz, or guys like Felger and Maz, they're going to sit there and tell you how good of coaches these guys are and how the mistakes they're going to make? How the hell do they know? How would a guy or a media person have any idea on how good a coach is? You think the because of a player? Oh, a player told me, player A told me that this coach didn't know what he was talking about, blah, blah, blah. Next time, you, next time that happens, I want you to take a look at player A, go to profootballreference.com, and take a look how many plays he played in that last game. Or just go look and see what the relationship is between him and said coach. Because there's always something to that. You know, you hear about the Kadarius Tony and the fact that he's on the market. And, you know, Brian Dayball was on yesterday. I saw an interview with him, and he was talking with um, Carl Banks uh, from the New York, uh, former New York Giants linebacker who, who hosts the show. Carl's actually really good. Him and I have had some good conversations on Twitter. I'm going to try to get him on this show at some point, too. Uh, but Carl asked him, he's like, you know, 
just asked him about character and things of that nature. And he already went down the path of saying, you know, we got to make sure we have the right guys here and there may be guys that don't quite fit. In that same exact time, at that same exact time, I read a report that Kadarius Tony and Joe Judge were as close as could be as far as a player and as far as a, and a, and a coach. But there are all these rumors that Joe Judge was impossible to play for and the players didn't like him, this and that. Yet, Brian Dayball seems to be having some issues with Tony. Because it sounds like from the it sounds like from the initial interview or whatever it was, their initial meeting didn't go well. Because if this kid's on the trade on the trade block already, there's something not right there. But if he has that strong of a relationship with Joe Judge, well then maybe Joe Judge isn't what you think he is. Maybe Joe Judge is an excellent coach who went to the Giants with a quarterback who really isn't all that good in Daniel Jones and with a GM who was absolutely terrible. And they wasted a top five pick on Saquon Barkley and also wasted a top five pick on Daniel Jones. Maybe, just maybe, Joe Judge didn't have the right players in New York. You think maybe that's the issue? I'm going to tell you right now, that was the issue. Then, Patricia, again, I know he went the Belichick route, which was dumb, but he also went to Detroit. Detroit! This is not the 49ers. This is not the Baltimore Ravens. This is not even the Arizona Cardinals. He went to the losingest franchise in the history of losers. He went to the Detroit Lions to try to fix the Detroit Lions, and he failed. Every single coach who's ever gone to the Detroit Lions has failed, except for Wayne Fonts, and Wayne Fonts, I love him. He was a good coach. He was the last guy to lead them to the playoffs and actually win a game. The Detroit Lions are a piss-poor organization, I would love to see them get to a position where they're going to be better. I actually think that Dan Campbell, as crazy as it sounds, and I know he's a caveman, I think he seems to have figured something out there, but again, they'll probably win three games this year and get excited about it. Patricia had no chance. He had no chance. The guy won a lot of games here in New England. He's got Bill Belichick talking him up like he's one of the best coaches around. I think Bill Belichick knows what he's talking about. I think he's proven that to us that we should he's earned that respect. Yeah, I know he had the seven and nine season and he's done some things that maybe you guys don't like. But let's let's not forget that last year they went ten and eight overall, including the playoff game. That's a pretty good turnaround. They found a quarterback. They they fixed this thing up and now they're on the up and up. And I know people don't see it, but Belichick knows what he's doing. And when he saw a chance to bring back two guys who were head coaches for organizations over the last two seasons, the chance to bring them back into this organization after losing a guy like Josh McDaniels, who was was like having a head coach, he couldn't say no. And as far as the Bill O'Brien thing, I I think there is some too. I think there's something to it as far as the Alabama thing with Nick Saban. I think there was kind of one of those situations where Belichick and Saban have an agreement, and he wasn't going to go and just pilfer him from there. But who's to say that Bill Callahan didn't look at it and say, what the hell do I want to do that for? Why am I going to go back and be their offensive coordinator again when I could be the offensive coordinator here at Alabama and probably still get a head coaching interview in the NFL? There was rumors that the Jacksonville Jaguars were interested in hiring him. So the whole Callahan thing I get, I mean, just I don't think that he wanted to come here. I think that uh, O'Brien, sorry, I didn't mean to say Callie, I meant to say O'Brien. I think that O'Brien wants another head coaching job in the NFL or in college, and coming back to New England would have just been a step back. So why would he want to take a step back? 
And if that's not the case, then who knows? Maybe we see him next year after his contract's up. But I'm not going to sit here and rip anything or anybody as far as that coaching staff in New England. Why don't we let this thing play out? Why don't we let see what Belichick's going to do with the offense? Because I think he's going to be heavily involved in it. Let this thing play out, like I've been saying all offseason. Let's see how the draft goes. I, Like I said, I'm on record. I think they're going to take Zion Johnson, who is a guard from Boston College with their first pick. If they happen to trade back and they can't get him, I think they're going to take the wide receiver from Western Michigan. And I think that they have a chance to get him. Sky Moore, the kid I'm talking about, if they're in the 30s, if that's where they trade back to and they don't have a chance to get Zion Johnson, I think Sky Moore may be the pick. So there are a couple guys out there. I know people like Mechie. I know people like Williams. But there's other guys that they're going to look at on offense because they need to make sure that they can protect their number one asset, who is Mac Jones. And again, I will leave you with this. Good teams continuously draft quarterbacks. So one area the Patriots should look to continue to add to their roster is that quarterback, no matter what round it may be, even if it's late, they should definitely invest in that position. So next week, actually we won't even wait till next week. We're going to do another show on Tuesday. We're going to break down the defense. We're going to take a look at the areas that need to be filled in this year's draft. There's also some free agents uh, that are going to be left over, too. We have that second-tier free agency after the draft and guys get cut and all that good stuff. So we'll have that show later on down the path. Um, But on Tuesday, we will have another show discussing the Patriots' defense, where the holes are, who could potentially fill them, and we'll tell you if the sky is falling in or not because we've had the same reaction on the defense that we have on the offense after the loss of J.C. Jackson. So we'll get to that on Tuesday. I hope you guys all have a great night. Hope you all enjoyed this first podcast. Maybe back, my first time back may be a little bit sketchy, but it's going to get better as we go on, and we will have continuous guests as we go on throughout the next couple weeks. And as the season goes on, we will have a guest every single week, depending on the game and depending on who the enemy is. So again, everybody have a great night. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. We'll see you all on Tuesday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.